are listening to an Atomic Broadcasting production. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the feature presentation. And remember, do your part, such as like, comment, rate, and don't forget to tell a friend to tune in for an Atomic Time. We begin in a small tavern full of working-class folk, all laughing, drinking, talking, having a good time. There's a young girl, well, young woman, carrying a tray with some tankards and food on it as she passes by our view. And we see in the background there is a dwarf whose dark mane of hair and beard are streaked with the first hints of gray. A large brass ornament bearing a green gemstone is threaded into his beard at the chin. As the camera kind of pivots around him, he's like, another, and the bartender hands him another drink, and the camera continues, like, orbiting around him, and we see, kind of in the background, not really standing out, only the most astute observer would notice, there seems to be a figure watching this dwarf. Michael, what does this figure look like? Uh, Upon first inspection, the figure is cloaked, so you can't see much, but you can see some nice polished shoes poking out from underneath the cloak um, with a slight hint of a silver button-down shirt coming through uh, the chest area. You can see a slight, uh, not quite a grin on the bottom of the face, but uh, he's, he's very covered in shadow, so that's what you can see at the moment. And this is your character, Zephyr. This is Zephyr. So Zephyr is here at this tavern watching this dwarf because he is his most recent mark. Mm. So we'll get into the details of why he's your mark in a moment. But my question for you now is, how do you want to go about completing your task? Definitely not here. Of course, of course. Um, I'm, I'm assuming I've spent the last good amount of time observing, seeing how long he might spend here, what he does before. How long would I have been observing him at this point? Mm, maybe up to a couple days, depending couple on days. your methods. Okay, so I would know maybe what he does, um, his leisure time, his work, mm-hmm. his, where he stays. At the moment, I'm just sitting with my hands kind of triangled in front of my face, watching, but not too intently. Um, I may get up and possibly possibly go to the bartender, the, the woman who was walking around. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'll do that. So I'm going to get up and at this point... Nothing else really comes into play except his black slacks that you can see kind of poking out. Mm. He's still covered, but a little bit less, so uh, he's not so conspicuous walking through a brightly lit tavern with a hood on. Um, but you can see his face is uh, a grayish, and he has um, some slightly intimidating yet kind dark red eyes. Um, and uh, for those out there needing an image, 
if we're okay to give our actor roles. I think we're okay. It would look very similar to the dashing Alan Cumming. Um, but he's going to nonchalantly walk up to the uh, the lady dishing out drinks. And d- does she see me? Yeah, she notices you as you're walking up. So, like, she turns and she's like, oh, can I get you anything? And you've met her before because you've been kind of at this tavern watching your target. Uh, This is, let's see, her name is Dane Martin. She's in her, like, late teens, early 20s age. And, you know, from some brief conversations with her that she's been working at this tavern, like, since childhood. She's just kind of grown up into it. Excuse me, Dane. Uh, yes, what can I get for you? Um, well, I've actually had enough to drink at the moment. I'm just, uh, enjoying the sights. I was wondering, um, that, uh, dwarf over there, he, um, he seems quite eager. How many drinks has he had? Oh, well, I mean, just one or two. I don't know. It's not really my business. Well, I mean, it is your business. You run the business, so... Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to get heated there. Um, I, I was wondering uh, if you knew what he was drinking. I'm, I may not be wanting a drink, but he seems to enjoy what he has. And here I told myself I didn't have to prepare a signature drink for this tavern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was the tavern called? Uh, the tavern is called the Cheery Martin. You would know from your time in this area that the Cherry Martin has been through multiple changes in ownership, like rapidly over time. Um, it's been a series of like, it's been a source of amusement for the locals in the area because different like investors from out of town will be like, oh, what a great place to open a tavern and they'll buy it and they'll start, you know, getting the tavern up and running. And then they're kind of just driven out by the locals miners and everybody who's just like you know this is our town we don't really put much stock in outsiders and stuff like that but the funny part is all of the wait staff and the people who actually run the tavern has been consistent over the years so it's just been like whoever owns the establishment cycles out like almost yearly how long have i been in town here in copperberg it you probably have been in town for maybe a few weeks um, it hasn't really been like, you know, where you've been, like your base area of residence or your base of operations. Um, but there is work for a person in your line of business, um, here in a rough and tough sort of mining town. Mining town. I guess I should have asked about that mining town. Oh yes. I forgot to mention you are in <laughs> Copperberg. It is a massive open pit copper mine that establishes much of the wealth for Southmoor, the kingdom itself. Um, it is actually owned, though, by a king that's one kingdom up to the north on the other side of the Gringir Forest. He actually won it from the previous king of Southmoor. Um, so even though the mine itself is in Southmoor, most of the proceeds go further north to the next kingdom over. It's run by a clan of dwarves, 
and is well-renowned for the two stone golems who guard the entrance to Copper Burgett and the team of clockwork golems that guard the like inner shafts and tu- tunnels of the mines. Don't mind me. I just wrote it was run by a clan of doors. <clears throat> doors. As I believe you said because the uh, golems were guarding the doors. Ah, yes. Um, did you figure out what he had, he was drinking? Um, after this um, relation of the surrounding area, I believe that he is drinking a local liquor that's made out of like the specific type of barley that grows in this like the terraced farms in this high altitude area. Thank you. I uh, I, I appreciate the hard work you've done, Dane. Um, is it all right if I continue sitting in that corner? It's not going to alarm anybody. I just... Of course. No, no, you're welcome. I, I like to keep to myself, but uh, make sure you come by every once in a while and make sure I don't need any mozzarella sticks. <laughs> of course. I'll come by and check if you need any more of our signature dish of mozzarella sticks. Ah, uh, yes. Anyway, I'm going to go sit back down, um, and as I do, I'm going to pass by uh, the table just just slightly in the type the table where the dwarf is sitting. Um, what is his name, by the way? His name is Odun Svarson. Nice, Odun Svarson. I am going to pass by the table and just give his table a, a quick sniff to see if I can see how much alcohol is on his breath, where he has been most of the rest of the day, and um, what time is it? I guess not not, not from the smell, <laughs> but I, just a, a part of that line of thinking. So in order, from your smelling. <laughs> I smell at six o'clock. You learn that he's had a few drinks. He's not he doesn't seem like plastered, but he's definitely not just taking a quick drink and heading home. He's getting a few in. Um, let's see, where did he come from? He's he's come directly from the mines, and you can tell that just by like there's plenty of like uh, dirt, dust, and stuff all on his boots and lower pants. It looks like he kind of just like washed off his hands, dusted himself off, and came into the tavern. Okay. Um, and from your excellent nose, you know that it's roughly four in the afternoon. <laughs> My nose is, is great. Uh, you've seen Alan coming, right? You, you knows his, his nose is well-shaped. That's just going to be this entire reference, by the way. Um, so I'm going to sit back down, kind of look off, you know, every once in a while, glance his direction. But um, as I see if he starts to wind down a little bit i'm going to use message and i'm going to look at him and as you know message uh says something as if the person is right next to you Mm -hmm. so i'm going to whisper in his ear meet me outside in 10 minutes so as he receives this message in his ear as if you were standing next to him he just kind of looks around a little bit like trying to figure out where that came from and then like pulls his cloak a little closer and just kind of hunches over. He doesn't seem to have looked in your direction yet. Cause he's kind of sitting, you know, kind of off. 
crooked angled, you know, so not exactly with his back to you, but maybe like a 45 degree angle. I chose a very strategic spot to sit as I do in most, in, in most establishments. I try not to sit where people can look at me at least to their back or my back to them. No, it would be the other way around. I want to keep an eye on people. Anyway, I'm going to get up and I'm going to move towards the door slowly, not too quickly as to arouse suspicion, but I'm going to head to the door and uh, kind of round the corner. But I'm going to then take my eyes off of him as I step out the door and I stand next to the wall that is to the left of the door. Outside. And outside it's... Outside, it is a gray day, like the sun is already beginning to set behind some of the more northern peaks on the west side, because you're you're kind of in the lower portion of the mountains, so not exactly in the foothills, the foothills, um, you're actually up in the mountains a ways, so in the little bit of the valley where this mine is set, um, the sun su- sunrise and sunset are a little bit later and earlier in the day respectively so although it's four there's already like the sun's starting to go down behind some of the peaks and it's kind of starting to turn into a sort of overcast gray in the town it's almost like daylight saving time almost (laughs) for your reference it is early march early march uh as i'm standing out here waiting for him to exit possibly if he does after i Gave him a very frightening message. Oh, were you done with the description? Yeah. Um, I am going to ponder and think, why am I doing this again? <laughs> who was uh, the person who asked and why is he my mark? What an excellent question, because I was just getting ready to do a flashback. And as the camera sort of gets all wavy and there's a rippling harp sound, we fade back to a day, few days previously when you were talking with your hiring guy there's a word for that i'm just your hiring guy (laughs) (laughs) who had asked you to do this task for him so we find ourselves now in this same tavern but now sitting at that same table across from where we were seeing zephyr at the beginning of all of this is another dwarf a copper-haired dwarf of a tall and slight build. This build, combined with his uncommonly wispy beard, has led rise to the rumors that he is not a full-blooded dwarf. You know him as Dolvin Erickson. He works as a foreman in the Copper Burgett Mine over a shift of dwarves that works on the northeastern portion of the mine. Are we jumping into this as a flashback, or is it a real-time flashback? Oh, aye. We're jumping right into this flashback, laddie. Oh, it's a real, real-time flashback. I it's like real-time. These are the coolest. Yes. I love these, especially in games when you get to interact with them and make your own memories. Aye, and hopefully this jumping back in time won't make the glimpse of the future we've already had incongruous in our minds if i die in this meeting it is your fault so dolvin i appreciate you meeting me here what is it you will have me do well i've heard and don't get offended if i heard wrong but i heard that you're the sort who can fix problems well depends on what you 
decide fiction means, I guess you're right. Maybe it also depends on the types of problems. And he kind of glances around, making sure nobody's listening. I got people problems. People problems, don't we all? I got myself. I've got a sister. She's as fair as the sun. She's a kind-hearted soul, and she wouldn't do anyone a lick of harm. But that no good dwarf she married, Odun Svarsson. He's a useless... Ah. Takes a swig of his drink. It's all right, it's all right. He's good for nothing. He don't treat her right. And I won't stand by and let her life be ruined by the likes of him. And so you want me to fix, in your terms, this issue by doing what? Well, they say marriage is a lifelong commitment. So I'd like for you to make that commitment come to an end. Very well worded. I appreciate jobs that are well worded. So... Would you like him, and this is just standard procedure for my line of work, would you like him to know before he expires why he is expiring? I don't care what you do. Once the brute's dead, he's dead. If it makes you feel better, you can let him know, but I don't want to get in the way of a job well done. Now, let me ask this before committing. Are there any children involved? Oh, thanks the gods, no. She'll be free to move on from him once he's gone. And you're not... Um, how do I put this? You don't have feelings for your sister, do you? What do you take me for? A kindly brother who loves family. What did you think I meant? <laughs> yeah, you got a sense of humor like a miner. Yeah. Well, I've been around, I guess. We all pick up some humor from other places. It's kind of part of the, the job. We have to learn anywhere. What kind of pay would you be offering for this? Ten gold pieces, five up front. Ten gold pieces, five up front, five when the job's done. And he tosses you a sack of gold. Well, first of all, it sounded like your tongue got tangled with the ten gold. But I will gladly accept your offer. I pull my hand out and grab the bag and slide. I have a bag. That was so immersive. Sound effects. Felt immersive. I accept your offer. And um, would you like me to report back to you or will the results speak for themselves? Oh, yes. How would I get the pay? Well, I guess we could make uh, a meeting of some sort. You leave it under a mat and I can find it. It might be best for us to have a chat after, make sure it's done right. All right, all right. Would you like to meet at the same establishment or somewhere else? He looks around a little bit. It's a lot later in the day for this first meeting than it was when we first saw you in the tavern. Um, it's quieter. There's a couple of people. It's already dark outside and he's like, this feels like the right sort of place for a person like you and a person like me to talk of the such things is going to be done. All right, well, then come meet me here in... How long did you say it was since this flashback? 
few days. A few days. Mm-hmm. Come back here in a week, and uh, I'll have the job done. At this time. Right. And Dolvin, like, breathes in heavily and just drains the last of his glass. And he's like, you've taken quite a weight off my mind. Don't worry. Your problem will be fixed. I take a sniff of the air and think, it's later in the day, isn't it? It smells like it's about eight o'clock. It smells like eight. You'd think I'd have time sense, but no, no, just a good nose. I would love if you took that cantrip that lets you know what time it is. <laughs> I thought about it, but time. I didn't know if it was going to come in handy in the slightest. I don't know if it will, but it's beautiful. Can I just have an extra cantrip for that? Uh, maybe if things <laughs> turn out okay. Okay, I'm sure it will. Um, I don't see this man as a problem at all. Well, he's a problem in the girl's life. Oh, I should have asked what the sister's name was. Can I retcon that? As he's standing up, I say, what is what? What is your sister's name? Irene. Irene. See all these things that you thought of to put in the story, I have to make sure and get out of you so it you know, comes to use. Right, because I thought of that before we started. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway. Dolvin adjusts his cloak around his shoulders, puts up his hood, and could you give me a perception check? Uh, yes. Where's perception at? There it is. Plus three. Okay, so 15. So that is a success. And you notice from your experience of working with people that he's trying to kind of conceal how shaken he is over all of this. You've worked with clients before. You know the people who are like, I just want this guy dead and I don't care. Um, You can tell this guy's kind of putting on a front. Hmm. Um, You don't get the sense that he's lying about the job. You get more like the sense that he's lying about how he feels about the job. Oh. Well, you've just given me a lot more thought. I don't like that. Um, excuse me, uh, Dolvin, um, is it you that has decided this? This isn't, um, your sister's idea, is it? No, she knows nothing of it. If it were up to her, she'd be slaving away for his whims for the rest of her life. What about the rest of your family? This isn't, um, something that somebody put you up to, right? No, we're... The rest of the family is off in the Five Kings Mountains, hundreds of miles distant. They don't know a thing about this. And, and you're sure this is what you want? Right, I'm sure. What, what other sort of solution is there for a situation like this? Well, I mean, I could always incapacitate him in a way rather than uh, completely removing... Nah, he'll come back. He'll just... Come back meaner and harder. Look, do you want the gold or not? Oh, yes. I mean, I don't necessarily need it, but I want to make sure that things turn out in the most positive of ways for those who want the jobs done. I don't want to jump to conclusions because sometimes that could end up 
tearing people apart. He kind of leans in close, a little bit unsteadily, perhaps, and he's like, the only tearing apart that's being done is tearing apart my sister's future. All right. It shall be done. We won't need to speak of it anymore. I appreciate your time and your gold. I'll speak with you in a week. I appreciate your professionalism. And he gives you a nod and heads towards the door. I nod as well, whether or not he saw it. And as we kind of like camera stays on your face as you're watching him leave, the background kind of just melts and we find you once again standing outside the tavern waiting. I give a good sniff. Still around four. It's 4.03. It was a three-minute flashback. Man, I was lost in thought forever. Well, I guess I did give him ten minutes. What am I going to do for ten minutes? Almost enough time to refocus. (laughs) If I had used a focus spell. (laughs) I spell strike in the middle. (laughs) As you're standing there, waiting, you kind of feel presence perhaps like you're not alone kind of feel like eyes on you kind of thing I'm gonna look around as you're looking around you kind of feel like a a sense of like you shouldn't that as shouldn't you're turning around, around mm-hmm. um i hesitantly i don't turn my head but i'll you know pull my eyes to the side and see if anything in that peripheral Mm-hmm. is visible so as you kind of like glance, glance to the side and there's just that kind of feeling of unease in one of the alleyways nearby you feel like you catch the glimpse of like a pale face wearing some kind of like a hat that's just kind of staring out of the darkness in the alleyway at you but like you know just kind of out of the corner of your eye and as you like um, reflexively look more directly at it to see what was that that I just saw all you see is just the darkness of the alley I'm going to quickly dash in front of the alley still keep my eyes on the door of the tavern but go past the alley to the next kind of front um, and see if well just, just get out of the line of sight of possibility of what it was in the darkness, if I can. Gotcha. So you're like, you're going across the street to a different angle, so whatever's in the alley has to poke out and around to see you? Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. So you do that. And as you're doing that, you're kind of realizing that, like, this feels really familiar. And, like, kind of like, you know that, like, visceral childhood fear of the dark? And it's just kind of coming back in a wave. And you're like, I've not really felt afraid of the dark in a long time. You know, you're like, you're the kind of thing that the things that fear the dark are afraid of. I am the dark. I am what you should be afraid of in the dark. Not myself. And the more you're kind of like trying to like think about like, what was that? What I just see? The more you're feeling like, have you seen that face before somewhere? Can you describe the face or was it too quick of a glance yeah it was a really quick glance but it was like it was a pale gaunt face with was it a smile was it a grimace the mouth was open in some kind of like expression but it was really hard to tell just in like the deep shadow 
and the hat was like it's not a kind of hat that people up here in the north wear you'd kind of seen it from some visitors from like Andoran and Cheliacs kind of like a nobility kind of hat um, us Americans would recognize it more as like a top hat Okay, I was imagining a Hamburglar hat, um, so I'm glad that you specified. Yes, the Hamburglar was sitting <laughs> in the alley. <laughs> well, he doesn't have the, the most pale face. It's true. Um, goodness. Uh, I don't want to be rushing around the alley, um, or not around the alley, but rushing around the street, drawing attention to myself. Is there any movement coming from the door? As you glance back, that's the moment when Odun Svarsson steps out of the tavern. Okay. Now, I can't remember. Did I ha- tell him to meet me around back or... Just outside. Outside. Um, uh, as I see him walk out the door, I'm going to message to him in a direct line, say, Meet me in the alley. We're going to figure this out together. And this time he like looks around, there's not a lot of people and he sees you staring at him and he kind of like draws up straight. Like he's not sure if he's going to fight, if he's going to yell, if he's going to run, he's just kind of like standing at attention. And then he kind of wavers a little bit on his feet and then just like adjusts his cloak and nods and starts heading towards the alley with you. Okay. I'm going to follow, um, behind getting a little worried. I don't know how I'm going to do this exactly. <laughs> You'd think I'd have a plan. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants, dwarf. <laughs> you look so ready in your drunken stupor, but I'm standing here thinking, did I just see a face? Oh, crap, I got to kill this guy. How am I going to do it? Ah, uh, yeah. So I'm uh, slowly walking. You see, does he have his back to me? Or... um. So you're closer to the alley right now than he is. Okay. So he's heading towards you to go to the alley. All right. I'm going to duck down inside of the alley and try to uh, hide within the shadows. Gotcha. Gotcha. As you said, it was quite dark. Oh, it's quite dark. I mean, for someone like you and your line of work, it takes almost no effort to hide yourself in these shadows. Perfect. Do I need to roll for that or just Do you want to be technically hidden from him? I would like to be technically hidden from him. Okay. I will make a secret stealth roll for you. Oh, okay. What is your stealth bonus? Uh, My stealth is plus six. Okay. Okay. So you go around the corner and there's like a few crates and stuff. And you kind of like duck behind some of these crates and obscure yourself among the shadows. And a few moments later, you kind of, the light that's coming around the corner is kind of blocked out and, you know, a shadow's cast into the alleyway as Odun Sparson enters the alley. I'm going to ready my dagger. Okay. And he begins kind of staggering down the alleyway a little bit, but just as he's about to pass the crates where you're hiding behind, he kind of just comes to a stop and starts kind of looking around. Where are you? So he's facing my direction? He is facing directly like parallel to you so like if he looked exactly to his right you'd be right there well then I'm going to try to make a surprise jump at him and give him the old stab alright so go ahead and make a melee strike against his flat footed AC 
That is a 16 overall. And that's a hit. So how do, how do you come flying out of these shadows with your dagger? I jump out um, as gracefully as possible, not to hit anything, or I just want to make a straight shot to him, go straight for the side of his neck, and I want to whisper to him, Dolphin sends his regards. And I'm going to tear in as much as I can. All right, go ahead and roll damage. I feel like this is not going to finish him off, but that's six total. All right, so your dagger hits its mark, but like just as you're jumping, he kind of flinches a little bit instinctively. So rather than piercing right through the windpipe and like, you know, severing important arteries and stuff, it just leaves a nasty gash on the side of his neck as he like kind of reels back and he's like, one hand is trying to like ward off this attacker that he can hardly see. The other's kind of like reaching at the wound. He's just like, bloody, what the blessed days and noises. Is he doing anything else or can I do another? At this point, he's just kind of staggering back, but I think we should roll for initiative moving forward. Okay. 16 plus six, so 22. Nice. So you win the initiative and you go first. At this point, you're going to get an actual full turn and not just one thing to do. So you've got three actions. Okay. Well, um, my first action uh, that I'm going to do, uh, may I use a spell? Yes. I'm actually, I'm still within melee range, correct? Mm -hmm. I'm going to um, reach out and my hand is going to turn into a clawed appendage. And I'm going to use uh, gouging claw on him. All right. Um, Which is a melee spell attack roll against his AC. Mm -hmm. So it would be like making a melee roll. But instead of using strength or dexterity as your modifier, you're going to use intelligence. Which, for some reason here, it says spell attack plus five. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Because you have the plus two intelligence modifier and you're trained, so there's a plus three. Right, okay. So I'll just use this, and that gave me a not natural 20. A regular 20? Well, 15 plus five. 20. Gotcha. So that is a regular hit, but it's that was getting close towards a crit. Right. And now I'll just do damage. Mm-hmm. That is two plus two, which is a four. Gotcha. So at this point, I will let you know he is bloodied, which means he is at, at best half health. I expect him to be very bloody after all that. Um, so that's does that and I have one more action mm-hmm. um, I would like to try to hide again I'm going to jump back into the shadows if possible can that be done with one movement or one action alright so that's a secret stealth check secret stealth Yes. so as you duck around the corner of the crates you just hear like like oh yeah and you see kind of like the shadow that you noticed as Odun was coming into the alleyway and you get the sense that he's like leaving the alley. Odun is? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, geez, I'm... Uh, how far can he get before I can uh, move again towards him? The distance you were able to make it into the alley before all of this started 
Uh, he's able to use his turn. He's not going very fast, but he's able to use his turn to get close to the exit of the alley. So he's not out yet, but he's getting close. Okay. Uh, would I have enough movement to move to him uh, from where I'm hiding and you could, strike? Yeah, you could use two actions to move up, and then you'd have one action left to strike. Okay, then I'll I'll do that if, if that ends his turn. Yeah, that's the end of his turn. He's just kind of staggering off, kind of making gurgling noises and as you come out from the crates there's like drops of blood heading down the alley towards him this was supposed to be clean well so i do want to just throw out there for your consideration not mm -hmm. trying to change what you're doing at all but um if you want to use a bow you could probably get off more shots so you can do whatever you want i just wanted to throw that out so that it wasn't didn't get forgotten but it's up to you because then the caveat would be if you don't down him with the bow then he's that much further away. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And he's almost to the ex the exit, so I don't mm -hmm. want to let him leave. That would make it... Um, I'm going to rush him. All right. So you spend your first two actions, you run up to him, and with your final action, you attack him with your dagger, I presume? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that is a 22... 22. And that is a critical hit. It's a critical hit. And what does that mean for me? So you roll all of your damage, and then you double it. Cool. Okay, so that is three plus three, or is it a three doubled plus three? So you do all of your normal calculations, and then double. Okay, then it is a 12 for damage. I wish that had come sooner. <laughs> In this very dramatic timing, then... You dart down the alleyway, and just as he's reaching the edge of the alley, how do you finish him off? I don't want to go for his back, so I reach forward, pull it around his the front of his neck, and I whisper to him in a normal whisper into his ears, maybe in the next life you'll be a better husband. And you feel... A familiar sensation you felt before as you know his body convulses a little bit and then just goes limp in your arms I'm going to try to drag him back into the alley and hide him behind the crates that I was hiding behind previously easily enough done you're a professional <laughs> very good uh, I'm also going to kind of scuff my shoes on the ground where the blood spatters were to attempt to hide them not completely hidden but I'd prefer it if people don't see it immediately gotcha as you're doing that kind of scuffling along the ground and such you kind of feel like a chill in the air and like the hair on the back of your neck stands up on end I'm going to immediately turn and just survey as much as I can to see if that face is back you don't see anything, but you really feel like you should. Like there's like there's a very strong sense of presence, like you're not alone in this alley, but you don't see anything. This is a shot in the dark, mind the pun, but I'm going to back up against the wall and close my eyes. And then open them again. Anything? You still see nothing, but the feeling of, like, not being alone, there's being something there with you, 
that's gone and you just kind of feel like you're in an alley and there's like immediately like this wave of like feeling a little silly kind of comes over you of like, I am the thing that's scary in this alley. I'm going to walk deeper into the alley a little bit further. Is this something that's between buildings? Like there is an Mm -hmm. end to it? Um, yeah. So this, this is like an alley that's formed out of like, um, the side of like a wall on one end and then like the back of a storehouse on the other. I'm going to keep going as far as I can and just feel around the wall. I, I, I want to make sure that what I'm feeling is not, um, mm-hmm. real. <laughs> Go ahead and make a perception check. Twelve. You're not sure. You don't find anything, but you're also not super confident that you gave it a good search. You're kind of a little bit rushed because you know there's a corpse not far away and you don't want to stick around for too long. But you're not really able to find any concrete evidence either way. Okay. I'm going to uh, push my hood back up. I don't know if the darkness um, revealed anything of my image, but... Um, I push my hood back up and rush out of the the alleyway. Um, Once I get to the end of the alleyway, I'm stopped rushing and I just kind of walk at a slightly less brisk manner. I'm going to go back into the tavern though. And I'm going to go talk to, um, crap, what was her name? Dane. Quick interjection. Okay. Since you are a professional. You gashed this guy's neck Mm -hmm. and then dragged his body yeah yeah that's what i'm gonna talk to her about oh okay so you re-enter the tavern it's similarly busy i mean it's only been like 15 minutes since you were last in there um dane notices as you're entering and just kind of stops and like almost drops the tray she's carrying. And she like quickly just sets it down on the nearest table and she walks up and is like, what, what happened? What happened? I'm going to fake a limp and possibly like hold my arm or, or my neck or something just to show that I'm injured. I, I took a step outside in the, the wrong alley. Uh, do you have anywhere that I can wash up here? Uh, yes, let, let me let me get a bowl and a cloth and some water. Uh, but are, are you all right? I'm I, I've been in worse scuffs. I just need to clean up and then I'll feel fresh. Maybe I'll take one of those famous drinks that uh, our friend was drinking earlier tonight. Right, right. Of course, I, I'll, I'll be right back. And she apologizes to the people where she set the tray down, takes it off into the back. And can I hand those drinks to the people? Well, they weren't, they weren't for the people. Oh. She was, she was just like setting the tray down. Oh, on never the nearest mind. Table. <laughs> just, just, oh, might as well, you know. I mean, you can, but. It's like when your DoorDash gets arrested by a cop, the cop delivers the rest of the food. Might as well, you know. <laughs> a common occurrence, I presume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Dane rushes off and just like a minute or so later, um, Esmeralda comes out from the back. You've met her once or twice. For all intents and purposes, she runs the place. She may not own it, but she runs it. She is the Martin runner. Is she a Martin? Uh, She is not. She's not a Martin. She is is Esmeralda Dulane. Dulane. 
She's a middle-aged woman with dark, frizzy hair and imperious eyes. She wears a scarlet brocade dress that is miraculously clean for her line of work. Well, I hope to be as clean as her dress. <laughs> I... <laughs> Which just sounded I'm weird. trying to <laughs> jump back in, but... So, um. <laughs> Esmeralda, wearing a dress that is as clean as you are not, comes running out of the back of the tavern, and I keep she... up the appearances. I'm holding my arm. <sighs> she has like some cloths with her, and she like walks up and is like, "Right, what happened?" Um, long story short, just walked into the wrong alley. I'm all right. I just need to get cleaned up. There's a lot of blood. You should see the other guy. It, most of this is his. Oh, is he all right? Oh, he he hobbled into another building. I assumed that we didn't want to hobble into the same one. That would be awkward, you know. <laughs> Have you ever gotten into an alley fight? I didn't think so. No, but I've had my share of bar fights. Well, it's a little different because you're in the same bar. It's not like one of you can leave. Anyway, I just need to get cleaned up. All right. Dane's grabbing some warm water, and here's some clean cloths. Uh, uh, where are you injured? Um, well, I'm not actually sure. I'm just a little bit sore in most places. I, I'm, I'm mostly just dirty. Um, I, I wouldn't want to trouble you or get your clothing dirty in, in any way. I, I can manage on my own. I just, um, if, if I could just grab some rags, I'll, I'll sit over in the corner and just soak, if that's all right. Right. Well, you've been a good customer these last few days. Uh, if you're feeling up to it, uh, up the stairs there, there's a room on the left. Uh, we'll get you a bath drawn. All right. Thank you. And, and I'm going to hand her two of the gold that I was previously paid. I don't know how much gold I have in my pockets, but... Um, I feel like that's a lot of money. Well, you handed me five. So, one gold piece, for reference, is a week's worth of fine dining. I'm going to give her two. <laughs> okay, and she's like, uh, this, this is far too much. There's a reason why I won the fight. I, they wanted my gold. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to um, act as if I don't have it to spare. So here, you can have this. Thank you for your hospitality. I will go get cleaned up. Right, right. And she turns around back to the back room. She's like, Dane, get that bath drawn double quick. I hobble up the stairs as as pathetically as possible. It was up the stairs, right? That's what I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay. So you head up. The room is nice. Nicer than really should be in a mining town like this. Um, but you know that the Cheerful Martin is a pretty good place. I also wasn't clear because it made sense to me when I was reading. When I say Martin, I mean like the ferret-like creature. I am unfamiliar. Okay, so they're like... <laughs> They're like long rodent weasel-like creatures that live up in like the mountainous regions of the world. Oh. Uh, like these little guys. Oh, okay, okay. Kind of like a weasel, but like bigger. Yeah, so one of these little weasel-like martins is what's pictured on the sign outside, and it's like holding a tankard of ale in one hand and then like waving the other one as it's doing like a little dance. Nice. I like my weasels drunk. <laughs> 
Um, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'd like to investigate the room just to make sure that that dark presence is not, um, it's weighing on me heavenly, heavenly, heavily. It feels as if I should be, um, paying attention because that does not seem like something I would be worried about. So as you're investigating the room, you're kind of looking around, making sure that you are alone and you are. You feel alone. You don't see anyone else. But as you're like thinking about the presence and your kind of experience with it and everything, it's kind of starting to feel like, I don't know, I kind of mentioned it before of like just kind of familiar. Mm -hmm. Like it's a bad memory you keep pushing away. But it's like now that it's back again, it's like, wait, I've seen, I felt this before. What is this? Or like a dream that I just can't remember. Yeah, like that. Um... How long, you said it was March, you didn't say what day, um, how long would I have to wait until the end of the week to recon with my hiring guy? Let's say the day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. Okay, I am, I'm going to try to get as comfortable as possible and just uh, rest a bit. All right. Um, clean my wounds and my blade and... Um, Hopefully not get overrun by any weasels. No weasels in my bed, please. I paid top dollar. A little ways into your relaxation and cleaning up, you hear a scream from outside, a lot of commotion downstairs. Eventually some guards come up and they want to discuss with you the body that they found not far from the tavern after hearing that you'd staggered in bloodied. What kind of story do you tell them? I'm going to say for the sake of time and for the sake of making sure that your character ends up where he needs to be, that they believe this story. But what do you tell them? Um, I tell them that I, TLDR, um, I walked out of the building, walked into a, uh, a darkened alley, ran into this man who seemed very inebriated, uh, and he didn't... Um, he didn't seem to want to leave, uh, and he started to fight with me, and I protected myself by using my dagger. Um, he was alive and leaving. Uh, he was moving towards another building by the time I had left to clean my wounds, but I assume he probably did not make it and stumbled into some crates. Yeah, so they kind of weigh the evidence, weigh your story, and after some discussion that you go meet with the magistrate over Copper Burgett, and um, they they take your story and they accept it, and they're like, yeah, so, you know, they don't really have any reason to say, well, you murdered him, you know, because they can't find any motive, you know? Um, they also have, you know, like the evidence that he was definitely inebriated when he left, you know? Um, there are some, like a couple of like the guys on the council who are like, there's probably a murderer who killed him and then left and then <laughs> killed the other guy and left him there. <laughs> it's, it's Jack the Ripper, not me. But Next to the cheer, the cheer, you said cheery and cheerful, Martin. It is the cheery, Martin. Cheery, right. That's what I wrote. See, notes are nice to have. I can't wait to look back at this and see what a mess it is later. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, am I still at the magistrates or how do I, um, proceed from there? I'd say 
after like towards the end of that second day, they're finished with any like questions they had for you. They're like, yeah, the case is probably closed. We'll let you know if anything comes up. But right now, you know, we're not going to charge you with anything. You're fine. You're free to go. Cool. That was a great easy two days. So that should be about the time that I need to meet with Delvin. Mm-hmm. So night falls. You return back to the Cheery Martin and you find Delvin waiting at the prearranged meeting spot. And in front of him, he has like the sack of gold and he's got like one gold coin that he's kind of like, you know, balancing on his fingers and he like flip and let it like roll down until it lands and he'll pick it up and like flip and let it roll until it lands. Can I tell if that was part of the five that was in the bag or if it's just his? Uh, that would be difficult to tell. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll, You're going to have to uh, give me a smell check. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like uh, four o'clock. That's the wrong thing. Uh, yeah, I don't see any reason not to be super stealthy, so I'm just going to walk up to him and sit down and say, well, how are things? A bit better. Uh, we're surviving. As you know, there's been a death in the family. And yes. he just kind of gives you a nod. And how is your sister? I heard that things would change for her. Oh, she she took it hard at first, but I think she's starting to see that there's a, there's a, a future ahead of her. Well, I don't want to linger, but I uh, noticed you here, and I wanted to make sure that everything was good. Right, right. I, I heard you got a bit scraped up that night. Oh, don't worry about me. I didn't really even get touched. I'm a good-hearted man, and I hate to see someone like you go off on empty-handed, and he pushes the sack of gold over towards you. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Now, is that one that you're holding part of the payment? Oh, eh, right. And he rolls it across the table to you. Don't mind me, I get a wee bit fidgety. Don't worry about it. And I'll grab the bag and take the other piece and put it in the bag. Well, I wish you the best of life. I hope to never see you again. Well, about that, I was wondering, you seem to be the sort of man who's good at a variety of tasks. Some would say. I'm fixing to leave town on a bit of an expedition, and I heard that uh, we were still needing some able-bodied fighting sorts, and I was wondering if you were in the market for a quick little bit of an adventure. Well, if there's more of this, and I jingle the bag. Oh, aye, there's plenty more. This mission here's being bankrolled by the folks in the offices here, and in the offices over in Tumgrove. I'll take you up on that. I don't have anything else to do. That sounds like a fine job to me. And he reaches one big dwarvish paw across the table to you. I reach my smaller and slightly wispy hand towards you. And you shake hands. Well, I've paid for two weeks, so I'm going to go sleep. (laughs) We'll be leaving in the morning. All right, I'll take a ten-minute rest. (laughs) Where shall I meet you? I'll meet you 
in Tom Grove in The Miner's Pick. No idea what you said, but I'm writing Tom Grove. Tom Grove. It's a town a wee bit north of here. It's where the filthy infernal mining company set up to do business. Wait, so you want me to meet you a wee bit away? And I say it's a wee bit away. It's a day's journey. I was setting out in the morning and I was hoping you'd walk with me. Oh. The roads between here and there aren't the safest places in the world, but they're not going to kill you. (laughs) You've got that right. Well, I guess. Allow me to say my goodbyes to um, Dane, would you? Uh, Of course I didn't realize there was something going on there. Oh, no, there's not. I just, um, um, I'll be back momentarily. Just wait here and I'll walk with you. Oi, can I get another drink? Uh, I'm going to go find Dane first. All right. Uh, You find her at this time of night. She's mostly just cleaning things up. Well, Dane, I wanted to express my deepest thanks um, for what you did for me the other day. Um, I don't often get into messy scuffles, but you definitely helped me out, so I just wanted to thank you. Uh, well, I'm just glad you're feeling better already. Well, uh, are are you going to be leaving? Yes, yes, and that's it, exactly why I wanted to come over and say thank you. Uh, I don't know if I'll be seeing you um, again anytime soon, but I appreciate everything. Well, if you ever come back through town, the Cheery Martin would be glad to have you back. Sounds wonderful. Um, Do you happen happen to know where Esmeralda is? I think she's in the back, probably counting down the day's earnings. Wonderful. All right. Do do you mind if I step back there and... Uh, I'll I'll go fetch her. No, no, don't worry. I can... Is she going to stop me? If you're trying to go into the back, she's like, I'll go get her. All right, I don't want to seem like that much of a jerk. All right, just send her out here as soon as you can. Just imagining from my past history working in retail, a customer being like, hey, is is it cool if I go chat with the manager while they're counting down the drawer? This is a different world. (laughs) Anyway, Esmeralda. Yes, so uh, Dane rushes off into the back, and a couple minutes later, Esmeralda comes out, and she's like, You wanted to speak with me? Yes, I wanted to um, express my thanks for your hospitality uh, the other night, and I just wanted to make sure that we did not cut any ties for possibly the future. Now, I mentioned to Dane that I probably would not be returning, but who knows, I may be back, and I hand her another gold. She takes the gold and kind of looks at it suspiciously for a moment, and then looks at you and is like, well, if you ever come back to the Cheery Martin, know that we'll have a bed ready for you. Thank you. Um, just, uh, you know the room that I was in earlier? Watch out for weasels. I thought I heard something last night. Right, well, I'll look into it. N- they're not like Martins, nothing nothing like those. Right, just weasels. All right, I'll, I'll look into it. Thank you. <laughs> D- does she have any gold in her hands, besides the one I just gave her? No, just the one you gave her. Darn. Okay, I'm going to walk back to Delvin. Okay. <laughs> Dolden. All right, uh, I've made my uh, goodbyes. I'm ready to walk, if you are. Set your clock in the night. You said... You said in the morning. To, you said meet you there in the morning. I said meet me here and we'll walk in the morning. You did not make that clear. 
That's why I said goodbye. <laughs> Don't let's, know how this is going to work out in the future. Let's just imagine that all of that happened in the morning, and it's morning now. You've got a strange imagination, young dwarf man. Or, I mean, we could just sit out in the night. You seem like the sort who wouldn't mind walking in the dark. Uh, if we do that, you might not see me. Uh, you're just going to run away? No, I melt into the darkness. Oh, that sounds like a condition. I've had it checked out, but most of them end up dead. I mean, um, I haven't seen anybody about it, but... Fine, I'll go to bed. So this unlikely companionship lasts for a day. (laughs) Until you reach Tom Grove. Um... How do you think, like, do you guys, like, have conversation on the way? Or is it just, like, this uneasy sort of just, like, we tolerate each other? Minimal conversation. Every once in a while, he will start, I'm assuming, um, just something. And it will end within roughly two minutes. I I can see that. (laughs) It it seems to be what Zephyr is good at. I have only mentioned that name twice. During this entire session. Well, I know who you are and well, you know who you are. And the audience knows who you are. They're on like what? Episode 15? Oh, yeah. I'm sure uh, as we are, as we are uh, reaching Tom Grove. Is it Grove or Grove? Grove. Grove. Uh, T-O-M-G-U. Sorry. G-R-U-V. Just going to leave the V in my notes. I mean the E in my notes. I will mention to him. Um, so, uh, Delvin Erickson? Uh, I. Uh, yeah, um, I forgot what your last name was, and in my head it's all scribbles. Um, I only need to know names once, and, you know, most of the time they're gone after that. Uh, I just wanted to let you know, my name is Zephyr. Um, Zephyr Wren, if you need to, not name drop, but uh, find me later. And he, he looks at you looks back at the 20 miles that you've just trekked together, reaches out to shake your hand. It's a pleasure to meet you. I I shake hesitantly. and We didn't just make a deal. It's it's a thing we do. Dwarves. We, we, we met shake each hands. other a week ago. I, don't worry about it. It's a, it's a bit of a thing that I do. I'm sarcastic. Oh, Ah, I see. Right. I'll just start prefixing all my sarcasm with sarcasm, and then I'll say something sarcastic. You don't have to worry about that from me, because everything I say is more or less sarcastic. Sarcasm? I can tell. (laughs) And he starts walking into town. (laughs) Wait, how does that work? (laughs) He sarcastically says that he can tell. All right, I hobble behind him. So you head into Tomgrove, and just a quick description of the town here. We'll get into a little bit more details with the rest of the group. But as you're approaching Tomgrove, it seems to be split into like two different areas. There's like the nicer part of town that is like... Uh, brick made dwellings, you know, cut stone, stuff like that. And then there's a portion of town closer to the mine that's like a shanty town, basically, just like shacks and um, older buildings that are kind of falling apart. Um, 
you see in the streets kind of walking around, there are men wearing like burgundy and gold uniforms and they have like strange items they've held. Are you trained in crafting perchance? I don't believe so. Or society? No, neither. Okay. So they're holding like some kind of like, I don't know, sticks. They're like brandishing them, but you wouldn't know what they are. Zephyr wouldn't know what they are. Those are some nice sticks. You, Petite, would know that they are rifles. Boom, sticks. Yeah, it's quiet. So, what's with all these burgundy and gold men? Uh, uh, company men. They worked for the Infernal Mining Company. And he spits on the ground. Now, is Infernal your name for it or their name? <laughs> it's their name. You don't even have to try hard to insult these people. Interesting, they insult themselves. Well, they're allies of hell. Of, excuse me, what? Of hell. Hell? Hell. Hell. Oh. All right. And as he's saying this, like, an imp goes walking by on the road, and he's wearing, like, a little hat on his head, and he just looks at you, and he's like, and he keeps walking. You know, I'm small, too, so I don't know how small the imp was. Smaller than you. Smaller than me. How small is Delvin? Uh, taller than you. <laughs> uh, he's like... I'm a great reference point here. I'm like a banana. He's like four foot five. <laughs> <laughs> banana for scale. I'm going to have to start doing that with a Zephyr for scale. <laughs> I am, for reference, six bananas. You're gonna looking look up how long a banana is. I mean, it varies. I want to say probably six inches, six or seven. Yeah, the average banana is seven to eight inches. Seven to eight inches. So, so I'm getting like six to seven bananas. I mean, that, that, that's I, amazing. I am great at banana approximation. Not gonna lie. <laughs> you can just put that on my resume. <laughs> So with this right next to my sniffing what time it is. <laughs> so this approximately six to seven banana tall fellow and a maybe eight to nine banana tall fellow head towards the miners pick, which is the inn that's a little bit closer to the mine down in like the shanty part of town. And Dolvin's like, I paid for your room here. The caravan will be leaving in a week. I'll introduce you to the folks in the morning. All right. Is there anything else that uh, you'd like to run through while we're in this town? I figure you have things to tend to. All right. I'll, I'll give you a rundown of the more of the specifics of the job that I didn't cover on the walk uh, in the morning. Well, off air, as it were. Well, I'm going to take my six to seven bananas and rest. Is that a phrase your sort of people use? Oh, yes, all the time. Just with uh, sniffing the time as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Sarcasm. I understand perfectly. You'll get used to it. I'm sure. Is Are we going into the miner's pick to... to uh, we're going to meet in the morning. Yeah, you're going to meet up with the rest of the caravan that's assembled in the morning. Okay. But he's already purchased lodgings as like part of this whole expedition. Oh, for so you. I don't have to worry about yep. it. Nice. I'm glad that I gave away four gold. I don't know how much gold I have left over because I forgot. Uh, started uh, with ten. Well, I know that I used one of the the packs uh, on. Oh well, if you're starting overall, 
then you started with 15 purchase stuff, but like in this prologue, you had 10 and you oh, used cool. up four. I have five left over, eight silver. So five plus six is 11. That's pretty good. I have 11 gold. Yeah. So anything you want to do before you turn in for the night? Um, Get to know the miner's pick staff. Not the boomsticks. I do not want to get to know staffs as in boomsticks. So there's not a lot of staff, actually. Uh, there is the proprietor, Clement Tom- Clement Tormson. He is an Ulfen man who claims direct descent from the mining town's founder, although he has been unable to produce evidence of this claim. He is a well-built man with many muscles and proudly informs you that he has never had to employ a bouncer. Well, then I guess I won't uh, offer my services. Won't be necessary. And he kind of flexes his pecs. <laughs> what kind of... Um kind of grog do you have at this place? I got the finest ale. Ah, the finest grog. Finest sort of grog you got. And he slams down a tankard of grog. I'm not actually sure what grog is. I usually drink water. I'm sorry. Well, no better time to get acquainted. And he pushes the tankard towards you. I'll take a sip. It is fine grog. It is fine grog. It's got a good kick, kind of a um, a really like, what's the word, a, a bitter flavor to it, but there's also like a bit of a spice, a kick from something. You're not sure what. This is some fine grog. Isn't it? And it's, he drinks a whole tankard himself. That was my tankard. He gives you a new tankard. I don't have to pay for this, right? No, I drank your first one. I don't have to pay for this one either, right? Uh, first one's free. Second one is free because I drank the first one. All right. Cheers. I'm going to go and sit over there now. And I'll turn in for the night after I finish my tankard. All right. So you finish your replacement free tankard of grog? Yes. And you head up the stairs. The room that you're provided with is not quite as nice, unfortunately, as the Cheery Martin. But it's still functional. Got a nice, you know, it's solidly constructed. Uh, there's a bed, which in a lot of these like small town taverns and inns and stuff, a bed is not necessarily um, a done deal. A lot of times there's just like, oh yeah, here's a, splis- a space where you're allowed to lay out your bedroll. <laughs> is there a full Bible or just a New Testament? Uh, there is just a New Testament, but it does have Psalms and Proverbs. Oh, beautiful. Nice. I will take my rest. I don't think there's anything. I don't feel weird about that face or anything. I don't feel it following me. Not at the moment. Not as you're settling into the room and not as you're beginning to put your possessions together and such. But just as you're getting ready to settle in for the night, you just suddenly have like an oppressive sense of not being alone. (sighs) I told them no weasels. You kind of feel like uh, whatever it is is behind you. Slowly turn around while reaching for my dagger. As you turn around, you see a figure on the opposite side of the room from you. This room is not a big room, but the ceilings are reasonably tall. 
This figure is kind of standing stock straight with its head kind of crooked to the side. Otherwise, it wouldn't fit in the room. It has the top hat that I mentioned earlier and just like a pale face that is just straight up grinning at you. It's dressed in like a multicolored pinstripe suit and it's just got lengthy, lanky arms just like hanging at its side. And as it notices you seeing it, its grin just spreads even wider. I'm going to chuck my dagger in its direction. As you chuck the dagger, this thing just completely vanishes, and the dagger just stabs into the wall right behind where it was standing. Well, at least I know my aim is still good. Who's there? I saw you. Show yourself. There doesn't seem to be any response. Where are you, you demon? You're not the one that hides in the shadows I am. If you think you can scare me, you're wrong. Imagine we kind of cut to a low angle as we're like, looking at Zephyr's face with like a lamp in the foreground of the shot as like the flame in the lamp is kind of flickering a bit. But otherwise the room remains still and quiet. Now that I've seen it, I'm definitely on edge. I don't know how well I will sleep tonight. I imagine that you might kind of investigate the room a little bit. I will investigate as I go to retrieve my dagger. Go ahead and make me a perception check. A whole five. With a five, you know that you've searched better, but you know, you know, you're shaken. You're not doing your best. I'm shaken. I'm tired. I'm, I don't like this. Yeah. (laughs) You're not finding any evidence of anything having been there. And just as you're, like, starting to doubt, like, were you just seeing things? Is this just your imagination? You notice the door is unlocked, but you know 100% for sure that you locked the door when you came into your room. Have I retrieved my dagger at this point? Mm -hmm. I'm going to uh, keep it in my hand as I creep towards the door. I don't see anything else in the corners of the room. No. It's very dimly lit. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm going to uh, go to that door and lock it again. Possibly, are there any chairs or any furniture that I can move against the door? Yeah. Does it open in? Yes, it opens inward. So there's a chair that you can use and just kind of prop to okay. keep the door shut. I'm going to lodge it. Try to do that as best while still wielding my knife. This music is, is kind of... Really hyping this up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm going to try to keep the door closed and locked and lodged mm-hmm. and keep my eyes on it. And I think that's where we'll end this. What? <laughs> this has been an Atomic Broadcasting production. Pathfinder, Galarian, and the Lost Omens world setting are copyright of Paizo. More information at paizo.com. 
Music in the show is from Monument Studios' collection, as well as assorted artists with some original tracks composed by Jordy Hake. More details in the description. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to share with a friend, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next time. Now I've got to have squeezing in this camp. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing to say. Now I have to, ooh, put that in the uh, no context. Now I need squeezing in this campaign. We are officially already recording. Oh. <laughs>